0: Hi, I'm Kendall Gilding, and welcome to the My 30 Minutes podcast. In this episode, I catch up with my good friend, Kate Campbell. She's a superstar of the swimming pool, a gold medal Olympian. But I think Kate's true qualities are explored outside of the pool. She's a deep thinker, a thoughtful advocate for our other athletes, and someone keen to change the world with her own acts of kindness. Kate is hugely successful in many ways, and I think you'll enjoy her take on what that means. I hope you enjoy My 30 Minutes with Kate Campbell. Hey Campbell, welcome to my 30 minutes. Um, it's great to ch- sit down with you. I'm gonna hit the timer because we literally only have 30 minutes, so I know that you know that that's how it works. Um, it's really nice to catch up with you because we're actually friends, but trying to coordinate our diaries is pretty crazy <laughs> and we don't get to see each other that often.
1: Yeah, so you decided to make it really formal and <laughs> mildly awkward, but no, it's, it's great. Now we can just have a full on catch up, catch up on, the past few months because it really has been that long since we've seen each in other. In front of three cameras. In so front of three cameras no and pressure. a wide audience of yeah. very lovely people who are listening.
0: <laughs> um, it's been a huge year for you, but you've actually announced some even bigger news, I guess, from what you've been up to. Tell me about that.
1: Yes, I will be making the move to the big smoke. I, um, I'll i be moving to Sydney in 2019, which is um, terrifying and exciting and a new challenge and Um, I'm really looking forward to it. And then at the same time, I'm really scared at what that means because I really do love Brisbane. It's been my home for the past 17 years. So uh, the move to Sydney is is a little bit daunting, but my coach has taken a job down there and I've been with him for 17 years. He's known me since I was nine years old. So it was kind of a no brainer that I was gonna follow him. I'd always said if he went and coached on the moon, I'd follow him to the moon. And I guess that Sydney is this moon. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. and Bronte. Bronte's actually been living in Sydney quite a bit because she has a partner down there, so yep. she'll make the move as well. Yes, yes. So it actually works out really well for her. She, yeah, her, her partner lives in Sydney and they've been doing long distance for the past two years, so I think that she's quite stoked about it uh, and that, that'll be great. We'll, we'll, both, we'll both follow him down there and um, don't worry, we'll still be going for Queensland and the State of <laughs> Origin. I'll still be rocking the maroon. Uh, they, they, they won't get me in blue.
0: It's terribly sad for me because I won't see you as
1: often. I need to fly to Sydney for our catch-ups. I know, but there, there are some beautiful places in Sydney. I think that uh, I people focus a lot on the negative sides, but there are some really beautiful places, um, the, the beaches in particular, um, but then the culture as well. So, and... and Opportunity wise, uh, there's, there's so much going on in Sydney and you suddenly become a, a lot more marketable if you can make it in Sydney uh, and have some experience down there. So I think that, you know, I'm probably towards the back end of my career, the ripe old age of 26. I'm kind of one of the oldies on the swim team. So finishing up my career in a place like Sydney would be really beneficial for me.
0: I think it'll be awesome for you. So, we're very excited. But, um, you have lived in Brisbane for a while. Mm. A lot of people might be surprised to hear you actually weren't born here or even in Australia.
1: No, no. I was born in a little country called Malawi. Um, If you've heard of it, it's probably because that's where Madonna adopts her children from. That's like Malawi's real claim to fame. I was a little devastated that she didn't pick me. um, You were a bit old by then. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that that, that was probably the reason why. Um, But then my mother does keep all her clothes on when she goes out in public. Always helpful. Same can't be said for Madonna's kids. Mm. So, you know, I kind of feel like I didn't miss out too much. Um, Yeah, so moved over here in 2001 when I was nine years old. And um, it was a big cultural shock. But at the same time, I very much love Australia I think that it's the best country in the world I've now done a lot of traveling and every time I come home I realize how lucky we are and yeah I'm definitely Australian
0: you're from a pretty big family Um, when your parents made the move why did they choose to settle here and I guess what was it like growing up moving at nine years old
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm the eldest of five kids and the youngest one, Abigail, was born in in Australia and that kind of, she was maybe one of the reasons that we moved when we did. Uh, My uh, second youngest um, sibling, uh, my brother Hamish, has quite severe cerebral palsy and that was due to complications at birth. And being in Malawi, which is a thoroughly third world country, uh, there wasn't really the healthcare to to care for him but also it then became unsafe for my mum to have another pregnancy so once they found out they were pregnant with abigail they were like right okay it's time time to leave and i think that they'd always had their eye on australia and they'd had visas um in, in application for it and so as soon as the surprise abigail came along um, they were like all right it's time to uproot our entire family and and move to an entirely different continent i don't know how my parents did it they knew one person who lived in brisbane and they arrived on the shores of australia with four kids Mum was seven months pregnant <laughs> so just at the at the tipping point for when you can fly uh, and n- nowhere to stay no house no job no nothing and relocated their entire family Quite a lesson in bravery really it's amazing where does bronte fit in the five so she's the second eldest so there's me bronte and then jessica and then hamish and then abigail so you and bronte
0: we were joking about this before but you're often mis- mistaken for being twins or but you're actually a
1: couple years apart is it one or two yeah we're almost ex- two years apart exactly um my birthday is on the 20th of may and bronte's is on the 14th of may And when I was younger, I could never understand. I could never understand why I was older, but Bronte's birthday was first. first.
0: It was so cute. It was
1: just, it was this point of tension. And you know, we have, I have a Jessica and Jessica came along her birthday is in March which is actually even earlier, but that was fine. I could understand mm. that. But the six days, like how was how was I older? But Bronte's birthday was first. And then Hamish um, is actually born on Bronte's birthday as well, oh, wow. on the 14th of May, four years later. Wow. So we've got three birthdays in six days.
0: So Incredible. you're not twins at all, but... The two of you form sort of what Australia knows as the greatest sister act we've seen in the pool. In the nation's history, really, what is it like to lose to your sister? And I guess, how how close are you or how competitive are you?
1: I think that you could turn that question on your head, on its head and say, what's it like to beat your sister? Because you're obviously incredibly pleased for yourself but then at the same time, you're feeling for her. And then when you flip, when you flip it and she beats me, I'm feeling for myself, but then I'm pleased for her. So there's bittersweet moments in every situation and every scenario. And I'm not about to sit here and say that it's wonderful and beautiful, but it is incredibly special and it is incredibly unique. And it's 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 not always easy, but it's extraordinary it's it's a childhood dream that has been realized since the ages of seven and nine when we moved to australia and started swimming we sat in the back of the car and talked about what we were going to do with our lives after we'd been to the olympics and i think that if you learn anything in life is that dreams can look quite different in reality but that doesn't mean that they're not special and not worth chasing and the things in life that are worth going after can be difficult and uh they cause you pleasure and pain and you'd kind of want that because if there wasn't pain involved you wouldn't realize how special it is and 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 how wonderful and how privileged it can be so it's um it's it's complicated but we really are as close as it looks like we are on camera Uh, I think because we do share that really special bond and really special connection and unless you are an elite athlete and in those situations you can't possibly fully understand what it's like to stand behind the blocks and what it's like to get up in the morning and train every day and push your body beyond the limits that it's supposed to be you know we're we're pushing past all those safety barriers that that your brain tells you no 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 we don't want to do this because you're going to damage your body and we damage our bodies you know we're, we're going past what humans should do and to have someone who is with you every step of the way and who gets that is is a real real privilege and and it's and it's a really special unique challenging beautiful wonderful relationship that we have
0: you went through a phase you know you trained together and i mean how many hours when you're training for a particular comp how many hours are you training
1: um sort of between 25 and 30 hours a week we'd spend yeah at various forms of training Morning
0: swim session maybe afternoon weights and another afternoon swim session kind yeah of and spin class
1: and yeah. pilates and all of those yeah. things thrown in and you do all of that together yeah yeah pretty we much. would do pretty yeah. much all of that together i mean when we're in the pool we do have our heads underwater so yeah. we don't have to talk no. to each
0: other full time but- <laughs> Um, and then on top of that you were also living together you probably in a way share a bunch of the same social group as well I feel like in recent years the two of you underwent maybe a bit of a transition because Bronte moved out You kind of (laughs) separated in that way and I feel you probably actually started living you know slightly more independent lives of each other
1: was that a healthy transition for the two of you do you think yeah i think so i think that i mean when we initially moved out and started living together we were both quite young and in a way it was kind of the next step to moving out of home so we're not really pushing our comfort zones that much because we've still got each other there to fall back on and you're still in that really safe family environment and then as you begin to grow up you begin to have your individual identities and um, wanting slightly different things for your life and we are actually quite different people and we have different interests and uh, we want to associate with different people and I think that uh, because we did spend so much time together it was just a natural progression it wasn't like we had this big fight and Brunty packed up her stuff and moved out it was just It's the natural progression of of growing up in life. And it probably means that when we see each other and catch up, we actually really talk to each other now as opposed to when you're living together and it's just, uh, what are we gonna do for dinner? Whose turn is it to do washing? Like You didn't stack the dishwasher right, Kate, you need to put away your washing. Um, Whereas now when we sit down and we have to make the time to see each other um, outside of a training environment, we kind of make that time count a little more. So I think that it's, it's different, but in, in the same way, we've managed to keep kind of the intimacy there as well. Let's talk about after Rio. Rio was probably maybe, I mean,
0: look, I might be speaking on your behalf, but probably maybe the greatest upset of your career so far, the most heartbreaking moment. Um, and Bronte was over there. Is it, did it make a
1: difference having a family member by your side? I think that just, we never actually really talked about it and we haven't really discussed Rio together. I think that we both had our private separate battles to to deal with, but I think just knowing that they were there and going through that with you. um, And if I had wanted help, I would literally have only had to have reached out my hand and I could have touched her bed. (laughs) That's how small the rooms were and she was right there for me. Um, So I think that, having that safety net really helped during what was a a really tough couple of weeks and then coming home uh, to the broader supportive network that I have around me, it really did help kind of soften the blow.
0: Do you often, you often share rooms? Did you share a room at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast? Yep.
1: Yep. We, we're roomies (laughs) when we go away. It, um, it, when you're in a, Competition mode. It's a very high stress environment and people deal with stress slightly differently and uh, It's great because I can just tell Bronte if something that she's doing is annoying me. I'm like you need to stop that Um, It's really getting on my nerves and conversely. It's the same Uh, I also tend to get extremely messy during competition and it really stresses me out if I'm rooming with someone who's very neat because then I feel like I need to up my standards to at least Be half as good as them, or I'm worried that it'll, my mess will annoy them. Bronte is messier than me, so. I feel really good about myself because even though I'm a slob, I've got an even bigger slob sleeping next to me. So <laughs> it works out really well. But yeah, we we do because we also have the, the same programs. We swim in the same events, which means that we go to the pool at the same time. We come back from the pool at the same time. You don't have to like sneak into the room yeah. and try and climb into bed. And... It's cool because you want to be
0: able to be yourself as much as possible in that environment. So I think that's really amazing that yeah. there's not really much you could do that would kind of... annoy her to a level that she'd kind of grab you and shake you so that's really great i watched your andrew denton interview from channel seven and it had the two of you there and bronte recited this amazing poetry i actually didn't know that about her like i i feel like maybe that was common knowledge but i genuinely did not know that and she has a real gift with words do you have any sort of hidden talents or what like it seems like a bit of a hobby for her what would you say if you are doing something away from the pool as a bit of a hobby, anything you like?
1: Yeah, Bronte is a super intelligent, incredibly creative person. Um, I used to win quite often in the swimming pool, but try and get in an argument with her and she will run circles around you with her words. The, the way that she can string them together, she'll she'll say something and you're like oh yeah yeah and you're like wait no I don't believe that and she's like yeah I don't believe it either I just wanted to see if I could get you to believe it (laughs) this is unfair um and you know we she she writes a poem for for every swim swimming competition that we go to and reads it out to the team and you know I'm, I'm privileged in that I get the the first couple of readings she'll go through and she'll say oh do you think I need this line here or this word here um I'm a lot less complicated. Pretty much what you see is what you get. No real hidden talents. I had one great talent in life and that was swimming and that's what you see. Um, If I'm away from the pool, uh, anything outdoors. uh, Whether it's going for a walk or a bike ride or I recently bought myself a kayak. So, uh, you know, Anything that that gets me outdoors uh, and keeps my body moving is is something that I really enjoy. But yeah, no real hidden talents, unfortunately.
0: Well, you describe swimming as your hidden talent, Um, amazing hidden talent. And you almost actually owe that to Bronte because Bronte got in the pool before you and was really loving it. And you got a bit jealous because she was bringing home these medals and you were like, I want those. So you decided to start swimming as well. I've often heard it said by sport commentators about the two of you that you have all the natural ability but Bronte has all the drive, which is, you know, almost a bit offensive, but you are a foot taller than her, you know, you're a bigger build, naturally, physically, you probably, you know, should be better in the pool at her in that way, but she's like crazy determined and, you know, she's often training harder and you know what do you think if we combined the two of you what sort of person would we end up with?
1: i don't know um yeah i think that but in in saying that while we do have very different physiques if you look at a swimming race there are very many different physiques and yes bronte might have had that determination and tenacity as a kid but and I might have, say, some physical attributes, but there are very many more things that go into making up a good swimmer than your stature. Um, and you it know, come, can come down to your anaerobic energy capacity and all of the lots of scientific <laughs> words <laughs> that I like, could yeah. put in here that no one else is interested in. And I think that who knows? Because it's, it's, it's not just drive and determination or physical ability it's your passion and your love for it and your willingness to make sacrifices so I think that I think that anyone can achieve great things in life as as long as they find something that they're passionate about and that they enjoy and it's just about finding those two and 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 figuring out what that looks like
0: So away from the pool, you've actually been studying at uni, you've done that on and off part-time. Tell me about your studies. What do you hope to do after swimming?
1: Yeah, so I'm studying media and communications and I'm not 100% sure what I will do with that. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I started the degree. I still don't know what I want to do. But I'd love to combine my love of sport and the high performance environment that it attracts and uh, I find that you're surrounded by highly motivated highly driven people whether that's the athletes whether it's the sports scientists whether it's the support staff or even the people who end up usually working for a sporting organization with my interest and kind of little bit of love hate but more love with the media industry I, I think that it's um, a really engaging really dynamic really different environment to to work in and it would be constantly stimulating you know the thought of going and sitting in an office cubicle from nine to five and just sitting at a computer typing is honestly my worst nightmare. So I'd love something that could combine the two of them, whether that's a media manager for a sports team, or if there's a a charity or a cause that I'm really passionate about, because then in some way you can take control of the narrative and you can uh, constantly put out positive messages. Um, If I was a media manager for a sports team, I'd be in a position where I'd be creating positive content uh, for the athletes and, and about the athletes. And in a way, I kind of feel really protective of them because having been on the other side when things are written about you that aren't particularly nice, it, it does hurt. And so to be in that media manager role, even if someone has done a, a bad swim or a bad performance, I can still put a positive light on that because no one tries harder than the athlete and no one's more gutted and more hurt than that athlete. And so if I can help that in some way, that's something that I feel like I'd really enjoy doing.
0: You've got classic oldest sibling oh. protection mode going on. I know.
1: It's, it's, <laughs> Taking I'm, care I'm, of everyone. I am the mother hen. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, it's you definitely one of the things of being an eldest child. But then, yeah, I kind of see all those people and I see how hard they work. And I'm like, no, if, if I can make life just a little better for you, I'd like to do that.
0: So you actually have sort of naturally taken on a role in terms of the, you know, almost what you want to pursue. You're actually heading overseas later this year. You'll be meeting up with Ian Thorpe over there and you're actually representing Australia at like an Olympic kind of forum.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm going over on behalf of the AOC, the Australian Olympic Council, to an Olympism forum, which is being held in Argentina in Buenos Aires, which is hosting the Youth Olympic Games. So uh, for those up-and-coming athletes who dream of becoming an Olympian. Uh, this is kind of like a prequel to that. And you, you go over in and we're going to discuss issues that are pertinent to uh, athletes. And it's great that they hold these forums and, and, and do allow athletes to, to air issues. And whether or not they'll listen to them is, is another thing. But the fact that they're taking some, some people over there is really good. Um, I'm also a member of the... Uh, athletes Commission for the Australian Olympic Council so again uh, really advocating on, on behalf of the rights of athletes is, is something that I'm incredibly passionate about love that. It's really cool
0: let's talk about your achievements um, you've been to three Olympics Yep. Um, so Beijing London Rio you're hoping to go to Tokyo 2020s but regardless three Olympics you know a stack of world championships Commonwealth Games were earlier this year You went home with a bunch of medals, you know, swam incredibly well. You've just had world champs in Japan. Yep. Um, Five golds over there. So from a pool perspective, you're a rock star. From my perspective or anyone that knows you, you're an incredibly lovely person. Like not everyone can kind of nail both. Um, You know, you've got a great family. You've got your love life and your personal life bubbling along on the side. Do you ever take a step back and just feel like you've actually achieved success? What does success feel like to
1: you? It's kind of weird because as as a kid, I always dreamed of going to the Olympics and being an Olympian uh, and representing Australia. And then I achieved that when and I went to my first Olympics when I was 16 and I was kind of like, oh yeah, I'm just doing this, whatever. And I I never stopped to think, hang on, this is a lifelong dream. It was always like, okay, going to the Olympics, what's the next thing? Um, Where do I go to from here? How do I keep improving? How do I keep bettering myself? Uh, It's probably only in the past, I'd say, two years that I've kind of had to take a little step back and say, cut yourself a little bit of slack. You don't always have to be moving at 100%. You don't always have to be pushing to the next thing. Sometimes it's okay to say you actually did a really good job. Cut yourself some slack. Take a little bit of a break. You. As soon as I do well, uh, some people would think, oh, that's, that's the time where you kind of sit back and be like, oh, everything I've done has gone well. When I do well, I'm like, all right, I did that. I can do better. Like, what can I do to do better? And it kind of forms this this vicious circle that once you do well, then you become addicted to that. So then you wanna keep going. And I've kind of had to say, no, that's not a healthy way to be. You can't always be about achieving your goals. And most of my goals are centered around swimming and sport. You have to have a well-balanced, well-rounded life because sometimes it doesn't go your way. And so you have to have these places to fall back on. So I've had to sit back and say, hang on, you did a really good job. Be proud of yourself. Don't just move on to the next thing. Take the time to bask in that, to celebrate it with the friends and family who have made the many sacrifices to help you get to that place. And then you can start again. But like, pull, pull back on the reins a little bit. Let's, let's not go hell for leather just yet.
0: But for people who don't know you, they would look at you, obviously it's an outsider perspective, and they would think, Kate is so successful. She, you know, you're one of those characters we see in the media. We, You're a household name across the country in other parts of the world as well. Do you feel successful at all? Like,
1: can, can you imagine how other people view you? No, and it's kind of, weird and a little bit awkward when people come up and like I love you you're so amazing you're so inspiring and I'm like oh but my room is really messy there are dirty (laughs) dishes in my sink I'm really lazy I should have washed my hair this morning but I didn't so I just tied it up I'm actually just a really normal person. And I think that you could say that about just about everybody in life. You know, I, most of my friends are about as unsporty as you can get, but I think they're incredible. I have a friend who's doing a PhD in fine particle physics. That's a concept that I can't even begin to grapple with and, and wrap my head around. She's literally explained her PhD to me four times. And I still don't know, don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what she's doing. And so I think that everyone has those things that she's someone who I look up to and who inspires me. And, um, and I think everyone has that. It's just that mine's on TV and hers isn't hers will become an article that maybe a handful of super intelligent people will read, but could possibly shape the future of, you know, the world, but yet people will know my name and they won't know hers. Aussies love sport,
0: though. Yeah. We do love sport.
1: I like it, too.
0: So uh, something I know about you is you are incredibly competitive. I can't understand that because I don't have a competitive bone in my body. Sometimes I wish I was competitive, so I actually cared more about certain things. You're (laughs) the opposite. You'll be competitive if we're like, who can get dressed faster? So you're the complete opposite. In terms of, I guess, like, what is the why behind everything you do? Why do you do what you do? I guess I feel like maybe it is because you wanted to be an Olympian and that comes with competition and, and being competitive, but is there kind of a bigger picture of why does Kate Campbell do what
1: she does? I guess it's, it's more about how can I be the best version of myself? And I look at someone who's done something great and I think if they can do it, why can't I? And I think people sometimes feel threatened by people who are really successful because it creates this like uncomfortable distance between that successful person and the state that you're in now. And instead of wanting to lift yourself to their level, you kind of want to drag that person down. And Australia has like quite chronic tall poppy syndrome. We absolutely do. But if we flip that and we look at that person and say, they started from where I am and look at where they are. If they can do it, why can't I? And everyone has their different strengths and and weaknesses to, to work with and around. And everyone will have their own different goals that they want to achieve and strive for. But if that person can achieve great things with their talent and through their hard work, why can't I do the same thing? So I think that it's it's drawing inspiration from different people, but then also constantly wanting to better myself. I, I, I don't want to stagnate. I, I, I want to keep moving forward. And it's, you know, it's, if you keep doing that, then you have an ever moving and evolving goal, which means that you're never going to stop.
0: I think that's probably the key for successful people they never feel successful because they're always the goal keeps moving so it's you actually achieve something and yeah it's hard to celebrate because you've already got your eyes fixed on the next thing so perhaps you are very successful without realizing it Um, what do you think the future holds for Kate Campbell we've talked about your studies and things like that but I mean in in 20 years time where do you want to be what do you want to be doing
1: in 20 years time that's that's a long time. I'd hopefully, it's gonna sound really boring, but I'd hopefully be settled with a family. Um, I'd be doing something that I'd love doing. Um, I'd be surrounded by people who love and care about me. It's really boring. It's like the white picket fence, really. It's, it, it's, it's not extraordinary, but I hope that I would have a positive impact the lives of the people who I come into contact with on a daily basis I think that we underestimate our ability and to impact the people who we come in contact with just by being kind and just by being good decent people if you see someone at the checkout who's looking particularly glum give them a compliment because it might make their day and everyone's battling demons that you know nothing about and if you could make their life just a little bit better by your being there, then you've made a difference in the world. My brain is not smart enough to go and work out all the astrophysics and figure out how we're gonna remain on this planet and how life is gonna be sustainable. But if I can make life a little better for the people who this planet has to sustain, then I think that that's a life worth living. Kate Campbell, Olympic gold medalist and world changer, even, even with compliments. Lots of kids or only a few? oh probably only a few part of me wants a big family but then that's a lot of work and I don't do well on no sleep I feel like I'd be a terrible person which kind of defeats the purpose of my life's ambition
0: oh well time will have to tell time's up Kate Campbell thank you so much for joining me for my 30 minutes thanks for having me Well, I hope you enjoyed My 30 Minutes with Kate Campbell. If you loved the podcast, be sure to give it five stars so it can get noticed by others. Make sure you follow Kate on social media to see the rest of her journey, and we hope to see you back here soon for another My 30 Minutes.